Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Ed Mead, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Oh, hello. Anybody else who might drop in? We'll see. You never yeah. know. No, no, no. You never know. We might get no. haunted by a ghost. Exactly. Or maybe they're applying to be the new head of UFO research for NASA. Oh, um, is that now? That sounds now. That sounds like a, a that, Jetsons job. Is, is that, that up? Real? Is that up on Indeed.com? <laughs> um. All I know is the thing that they're saying is going to happen. And I mean, what know. are we? What are we doing here? Like for real? What are we? What are we doing here? Someone's got to identify these flying objects. Well, I, I mean, don't understand what you're what you're because, so spicy because about. UFO is in general a military term, right? Like, like, like. The, the, at least that's that's the stuff that that we are hearing and, and talking about is is an unidentified flying object. For NASA, I mean, what is is this just an influencer? We're gonna have Jake Paul get clearance. What's happening? So, you know, for and, and some of our listeners, maybe who are no longer listening, have been upset with or not happy with our take of like the UAP stuff, where you know the UAP images and stuff. To my eye, and I am. Very open to alien, and I, I've, you've watched me here defend the idea that like we can't rule something out just because it may have technology we don't understand. Yeah, but I could kind of be dismissal of like the UAP stuff because having been somebody who's played with imaging systems and artifacts in electronic, you know, uh, vision systems, I'm like, oh yeah, that's this thing. This is clearly this is a flare caused by this reflection here or whatever. I haven't seen anything that's persuasive. Um, you know, I've even read like, like, well, you got to check out this, this research center. These people like, you know, they're the real ones. I go there and I find their 20 page report on, you know, some UFO thing and not a sentence about the possibility that the imaging system might have a defect that causes this, which is not a credible or skeptical take on it. And it's hard for me to go. Okay. So you never thought to think it's just, you know, a lens flare. It's not because we've just. So, and not to mention the uh, other dude is telling a story about a story that he heard. So we're not even firsthand information yeah. on on that stuff. It's like, look, I'm I'm here. Mine's open. I am willing to accept any new information that comes on. But you know, if it's just those two things and people uh, uh, raiding various different uh, burial centers in Mexico that are that are the leading bits of evidence for for uh, aliens, then come on, I need more. I think, you know, the problem is, too, is the average person, when somebody presents information to us, we either think this person's telling the truth or they're lying to us. And we're not as equipped or adept to the idea that somebody is telling us something they think is true, but is not true. And and that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people feel persuaded, because you have some very persuasive people with really credential backgrounds, you know, making claims about this. And I get it where you go, well, well geez, but it's like, and I spent... You know, good part of my life working for the James Randolph Foundation, yeah. going into laboratories and talking to really, really smart scientists, people smarter than me, who were falling for the thumb tip trick, you know, who were yes. falling for very basic stuff. And I'm like, well, 
they're smarter than me and they're falling for this. Then there, there, there was a great why. story that Randy used to tell of uh, going to, and I forget who the person was, but it was going to see David Copperfield with somebody that was extraordinarily smart. Marvin like, Minsky. It was a Marvin Minsky. I was yeah. there. You were there. Yeah. And, and uh, Copperfield is doing his flying routine and he's, it's elegant and it's amazing and it's, it's great. And Marvin Minsky is freaking out, freaking out. Cause he's like, oh my God, have they not thought about the pacemakers? There are people with pacemakers. Their, their hearts could stop to have magnets like that around these people. What? Like th th this could this could cause deaths. This is this is uh, an atrocity. Th th how dangerous? How reckless? And Randy <laughs> has to go like, hey, it's not. He has to like calm him down by telling him how the trick is done. Which spoiler alert isn't magnets? It's not and, magnets. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, but no. just because he was freaking out, wow. and it's not because he's. Dumb. He just didn't know. He just, thought wrong. Well, and, and also it's, it's, I think the way that we understand intelligence and just like kind of the raw computational power of our brains and, and the people for whom I do think the older I get just built different. There are some people for whom just have a higher rev processor than other people. Now that comes with a, a blessing and a curse. Number one, if you're pointing it in the right direction, you can rip through a lot of data and come to a lot of conclusions really fast. If it's pointed in the wrong direction <laughs> or you are following a, a thread down a, 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 an incorrect path, then you've got enough processing power to make up the data that will yeah. uh, uh, lead you to some, Numerology. To some conclusions. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, for, for, for whatever reason. And I think we, we look at that often as, oh, okay, well, that's smart and that's dumb with the idea being that if you've come to the co the correct conclusion, you are smart. If you've come to an incorrect uh, conclusion, you are wrong. That to me is not intelligence, but I think that oftentimes we do assume that it is. Mm -mm. We, we see this where there's a series of steps between information coming from wherever it does to you. And we assume we make decisions based upon like, okay, I'm, I'm a good judge of the source. I'm a good judge of the quality. I'm a good judge of this. And if you're wrong about one of those steps or, and because maybe you've been misinformed about it. And I've watched very, very, very smart people get taken in by UAP stuff and be like, well, what about this? Well, this is, you know, explainable. Okay. What about other stuff? Okay. But you started with thinking this thing was real. Yeah. And then clearly was debunked. Shouldn't that tell you your reasoning for the other ones might be faulty as well. And that's hard. It's a very hard pill. And particularly, uh, there's some very prominent people who've kind of gone all the way out there to say, like, hey, you know, there's something going on here. And it's like, eh, maybe, you know, listen, I believe we're in a simulation. Ain't it possible? <laughs> so. Wouldn't it be very funny but, if, it would be very funny if in the future we, were, we found out that we are in a simulation because UFO sightings are, like, at a regular like pace like oh you know every thousand years we get a thousand ufo sightings or something something like really well but here's dumb like here's that. even if that's the baseline level of proof we're not there <laughs> if we're talking about ufo sightings glimpses pictures maybe a gif of of, 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 of a ufo and not aliens not recovered hardware not stuff like that then we're not close can I tell you that, that the pattern is every time there is a new imaging system that people don't understand and we get access to large amounts of images from there. So as you started to have well, most of the UAP stuff is infrared imaging systems coming from like, you know, naval craft, et cetera. 
we didn't have access 20 years ago, so it wasn't really there. You know, maybe like, you know, Gulf War, you know, uh, Iraq, some stuff, but really now the volume of stuff and people are now searching. Now they're looking at these archives and stuff, trying to find stuff. And they're like, and these are complex systems. And we saw this in the 90s with digital cameras yep. and the, the shutter speeds. We'd see orbs. We would see little streaks. We had, There was entire names of phenomenon for stuff. And people were like, oh, I saw a streak in a football game. Or is this? Well, did you see it? No, but my camera captured it. It's like, yeah, that's a that's a, a digital camera or electronic shutter. Like every time there's some new tech that people don't know. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's just this. What's funny is there's there is a billion, over a billion cameras in people's pockets on the planet right now over a billion cameras in people's pockets right now okay and these are now higher quality cameras than ever before because of android and iphone and whatnot where the effing awesome iphone and android photos of you where are these they don't exist why because when we do see something we know what's caused you know it's like that's that to me is the most because then we would have it in 4k we'd have it in 4k what is our evidence? Well, it's these really technical cameras we don't understand that use infrared imaging and have these sensor mounts and stuff like this. We don't understand. It's this really like, and it's like, okay, weird conditions where the plane's elevated up there and is very abstract. Atmosphere. This is where it's coming from. Like, that should be the most suspicious thing of all. The fact that, you know, there's a billion cameras on the planet and it ain't captured it. It's these camera systems that people, one, some of these instruments are classified and it's like, yeah, but look there. It's like, all right. Okay, That's it. counterpoint. Cool. Counterpoint, Andrew. Yeah. Okay, counterpoint. Haters and losers. Haters and losers. Right. <laughs> Majorly. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- yeah, th- we would have something by now. We'd have it in 4K and HDR. We'd have we'd have a sighting of Bigfoot in the Apple Vision 3D Sadman technology. But format. we're not talking about Bigfoot, okay? Let's set that aside there. Set right, Sasquatch aside. Apologies, I don't want to conflate the two. <laughs> But yeah, like we would have, we we would we would see some. We literally have satellites that are pointed at Earth all the time, taking photos of Earth all the time. Like we'd see something. Well, yeah, and and it gets to this, which is I think the crux of this very show, which is should the burden of proof of you desperately wanting aliens to have visited Earth be what we have seen or what we would like to demand. And it has been the humble, if implicit ask of this very weird things program to say your enthusiasm for aliens existing and visiting earth should not be dimmed by news like this or commentary like this. If anything, it should only be a sign that you care and are excited about this so much that you demand greater evidence because you will know when you see it, that this is this is a thing, but this is not a commentary on whether or not it's cool, smart, awesome, or or anything in between to to want this to be true. Because I think we can all say we all want it to be true. Everybody on this show, more or I less. Mean, um, I mean, you know, I have to think through the implications of that, but yeah, I I think <laughs> it, it. I mean, it would be awesome. We know it would be. It would. I mean, it would be unique. Know, t- it would be interesting. Take ourselves. Take ourselves back, you know, 500 years, and we're off the coast of South America looking at this big wooden ship. Oh, cool. They sound fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. But now it's we a, know we uh, can hack them with a Apple IIGS. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. So I think, yeah, I, 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 the curiosity, we did the show, yeah, because we embraced the curiosity of it, but we also feel like, you know, skepticism. So the NASA thing, like, listen, I, I, 
I have an issue with this because I don't think there's a there there. And I would say that NASA spending is a bit, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, can't can't keep anything under budget and partially be the problems they have dealing with the Senate and stuff. And like, they're like, well, this is what we need now. And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, you're having trouble getting craft off the launch pad. And, you know, now you're like, well, let's just bring in a UFO researcher. Uh, well, OK, here, so uh, how about other accountant? Yeah, that's my suggestion. Is 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 there a world like. I, I don't know. Could this be a good thing? All of the things that we're describing, maybe this UFO research chief can can make uh you know ob- objective findings about these things and and make it known the more is, Bryce it's a great point but there is that the, the stat, that's out there like like the 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 explanations and stuff is out there they're readily out there people just choose to ignore them and if um, NASA says oh well this is it then it'll be like well that's just NASA trying to debunk it because they're well, keeping the secrets i don't also i'd I mean, like I for them the, i'd like for them to focus on put things into space like that seems like yeah. a core mission thing. I don't know if it needs to extend to UFO research. It I mean, seems to be adjacent. Does the Library of Congress need a ghost hunter? If well, they do, man, I got a resume. Yeah, everybody. I'll hunt ghosts. You know, got some sage, got some basil, mm-hmm. some thyme. I'll call the corners. Delicious. Oh, I man, I my problem, I guess, with this is that it's happening because. BS sort of stuff has been elevated and people aren't really looking, people are not being critical about it, which is, and I see this in people who I like, and I've had people email on the show, like, well, what about this? And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, did you look at this? No response. Zero. Well, all right. So, so, but, so let, let me, yeah. let, 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 let's be fair here because this is the first that I have seen of this headline. This is, is it something that they are calling a UFO research chief? Is it something that they are, you know, because uh, the, 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 the reason that I think, Andrew, you are rightly skeptical is because this has gotten a lot of attention and much in the same way as there was a lot of hay made online that, you know, Gannett newspapers are hi, uh, hiring a Taylor Swift specific reporter, uh, things that are very uh, uh, talked about online tend to be a place where more attention and resources will go. UFOs have been talked about a lot. Agree with it, disagree with it, whatever. The traffic is there. The attention is there. So I could equally see, number one, somebody from a federal budget saying that, uh, uh, oh, we need to spend money, or something that is tangential to that or could be translated as that is quoted as it. So, so uh, Bryce, you have pulled up the article. Can you please read? Yeah, this is um, a quote from uh, a channel pair, uh, or excuse me, a panel chair uh, from the Simons Foundation. Uh, it is essential to clarify based on current findings and methodology that we find no evidence to suggest that UAP are extraterrestrial in origin. Okay, but that, that so so what? But what is what is the headline here with as far as NASA goes? Like like the, it, yeah. So I can read that to you if you yeah, want. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, NASA recently appointed a director of UAP research. Originally, they refused to divulge his identity at the news conference in a hope of avoiding threats and harassment. They said his face map, you know, Hamlin was go through. Eight hours later, NASA said it's Mark uh, McKierney, who previously served as a liaison on the subject of UAPs between the space agency and the Defense Department. Okay, yeah. So, how does that change your feeling? No, I mean, to be to be honest, I 
I don't know what this person's actual job is. If they are if they are going between NASA and, and the DOD, then it could be a lot of different things. There's a lot of different back and forth that, that can and should, by the way, happen between DOD and NASA. Um, uh, oh, the defense. Yeah, the defense element of all of this. Right? Well, because, again, that's that's where a lot of this comes from. Yeah. And uh, 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 because foreign foreign crafts. Uh, weather balloons, the the balloon from China, all the hubbub they about have, that. Yeah, well, hey, they have you know intelligence, and and there's there's so. a lot of stuff that that goes in there. And if you're talking about legitimate uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon and stuff like that, then you are talking about things that are recorded or spotted that may or may not you know uh, uh, be from other countries, China, Russia, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like so, and, yeah. I mean, if you're if the jo- the goal of the job is to be a liaison between the Defense Department, and NASA, and to be able to say, hey, was this this? Was this that? Okay, cool. I have no problem. I have no, and and, and I might be buying into the media headlines for that, but um, but that that that's, it, it does feel like director of UAP research does feel like a little bit. Too that's late. yes, that and and that's where I I I don't know. I I don't I don't know where in the media hype cycle slash you know ever expanding bureaucracy. This lands, but uh, yeah, it certainly has Plus, a very popular, a very popular candy coated shell, a mm. UAP candy coated shell around it. Mm. Taste so the, the rainbow. Library of Congress ghost hunter. We need the FCC uh, on staff telepath. Yep. Um, start thinking about each agency. What we need. Mm-hmm. We uh, need the uh, 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 Coast Guard uh, Bermuda Triangle tester. That's right. We need yeah. the. Uh, the army, the army's got to go to the forest and find Bigfoot and bring him goblin home. Hunters. Go- yeah, and, and goblin the goblins. Goblin hunters, yeah. yeah. Work with work with pet control on that one. Just yeah. bring him home. We need. Uh... Yeah, I, I, we're all we're all into like inquiry and make that very clear. We're all into this, but mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, do we do we you know does the, you know, do we need somebody investigating Harry Potter magic? You know mm-hmm. at Here's here's what we do need, friends. What do we We need need to investigate your support of this show? Oh, patreon.com slash weird things. If you head on over to patreon.com slash weird things, you can support this program. And and boy, you want to know what? We love each and every one of you that does it. And and we know that there's a bunch of you guys who have been doing this for, for quite a long time. And I would like to take this moment to say thank you. If it weren't for your support, we would no longer be talking about any of this or anything that we're going to talk about going forward mm-hmm. it's up to you friends thank you patreon.com slash weird things gentlemen i i stand corrected because i'm just reading the headlines now and i man they're egg on my face what happened um, no. what happened how embarrassing what happened um, you know you get in this for a while you become pretty cynical and it just seeps in into everything and then when you're presented with really strong evidence you just dismiss it out of hand mm-hmm. a little jaded and i'm just seeing the reports in, yeah i'm seeing the reports in from mexico and well there's the proof i've been looking for okay no you want to know what <sighs> this get me so frustrated can you i i only saw the headline on this can you what it what what happened so the what is this mexican senate or house uh uh there, there was something but it I think it was more of a surprise, you know, people showed we got this. It wasn't like a formal. This was not a, a yeah. Mm. So 
there was the revelation of what was claimed to be alien bodies in Mexico. Uh, it sure looks like a mummified corpse to me, but there we go. Made out of paper mache. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a toy. That's not an alien. Look at that. That's a toy. That's a toy. I, well, I'm going gotta... to bring up my defense of this. Let me let me defend this, okay? Go please, ahead. Yeah, there's please. some claims of paper mache and stuff. I've seen Mexican paper mache, and it is way more sophisticated and high quality than this. So, must be real. This one snuck across the border. It even looks like E.T. They even, like, made the face look like E.T. Yeah. E. a little bit. <laughs> this is... This is so... I mean, you can almost see the cardboard tubes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the popsicle sticks are right there. I do like that they put them in like satin sheeted uh, 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 box caskets, right? <laughs> they they really sold it like that. This is like when you buy a new computer and they put all of that foam. Oh, geez. I, I, you want to know what? I only saw passing pictures online. The, this is moving video that we are watching here now, and they're like zooming in on it. It is truly. Initially, when I saw the picture, it looked more in my head like a corpse. Uh, but I, I, and, and, and I, I was kind of more off put by it because I was reading it as, oh, they just took a corpse and are, are, are doing it uh, and, and parading it around. Right. But no, the more I see the video here, it is. It's just paper mache. They just made a little art project and they brought it out and, and it's made international news. It's like two feet tall. <laughs> it looks. And he's got little hip bones and everything. Like, he, he looks like a Pikmin. <laughs> This is, did we, so. I feel like I killed about 500 of these in Zelda. <laughs> Just, and no, go back, go back. No, no, that, that, that picture of the hands. The hands are the thing that got me because, mm -hmm. like, it just is. It has, like, one tiny finger and then oh, two no. longer fingers. Mm. This is, so, who found, do we know who found these people or, or, or these aliens? Well, there was. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a a a researcher. There was, I guess, there was like a the conversation included uh, Ryan Graves, who's one of the people out there talking about UAPs. He was very embarrassed by this, by the way. He's like, "Hey, this is just ridiculous." It's like, yeah, you don't say. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, uh, wired wired headline. No, this is not an alien, and here's why. <laughs> These were, yeah, non-human beings. Believed to be a muddle of human and animal bones held together with glue and fake skin. It was paper mache! You were right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's cruel. Yeah. Honestly, it's just cruel. You know, you have to go through a lot of work to make something like this, and you know you are fooling people, and you are you well, know you're that's spreading just sick. Yeah, that's just, I mean that's just grotesque. Like, like so I'll, I'll, I'll just gonna... say that in 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 all but an extraordinarily well directed A twenty four indie movie, are you the good guy in the story when you're gluing animal and human bones together with paper mache? <laughs> I want to introduce a sort of a, a this this relates to something so. Uh, Justin, I have a friend, uh, one of our teachers who we respect highly, who was very much into a lot of like alternative history theories and stuff yes. and did like an amazing, compelling slideshow and would show you slides of stuff of like, you know, you know, uh, carvings of dinosaurs in South America and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. you're like, yeah, you're 
14 years old. Like, oh, that looks good to me, you know. And then, you know, as you get older, like I realized, oh, yeah, a lot of that stuff we know are fakes because there's an entire market for fakes. And you have this entire – you have this thing here like there was somebody somewhere decided it was worthwhile to make these fake aliens – and so, you know, did somebody somewhere decide to carve a fake stegosaurus, you know, out of some plaster and sell it off to a tourist as a, you know, thousand-year-old artifact and stuff? Like, when you put it like that, yeah. almost certainly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was one of these things like, yeah, like, uh, it's interesting when you look through the history of uh, the, the Crusades and how a lot of that was financed through fakes and stuff. And like, oh, we found St. So-and-so's finger bone, and we found this and whatnot, and our our, our – willingness to be deceived and it's not like it doesn't always have to be a profit motive you know a lot of times why do you buy an artifact like an ancient relic we think is ancient relic because you you want to be in contact with something special you want to be in contact with something you know the gods or whatever and so just our capacity of things has just been historic i i had a conversation yesterday with somebody who was involved in one of these projects where they're trying to figure out what kind of markings to do on nuclear waste sites because you know they want to keep people from like, yeah. going in there yeah and, right. and i brought up my point like yeah the best marking is no marking you don't mark it at all you bury it very deeply yeah just put some boulders on top of it and you leave it alone because there is nothing you can do doesn't matter like nothing you can tell people that will keep them from digging it up if they think something's interesting there and the more you tell them how dangerous it is like we did egyptian tombs and other places yeah. like this is cursed this is this you know, we build oil wells in, you know, Indian burial grounds because there's oil there. You think there's something there. And it just it's like, yeah, it's a fun exercise to think you're going to talk to people 10,000 years from now. Uh, but we're always going to be digging stuff up because we're just curious. We're yeah, just curious the what's best there. Yeah. The, the best thing that we can do Let's forget about is, it. yeah, pray that more interesting things happen and it, it is it is lost in the shuffle. Well, and for nuclear waste, yeah. you know, it takes so long to to decay where that could be in. Uh, that could be like it could be dangerous i mean it is i mean not to say that it's not a not a problem but it it's it is a fascinating problem because you can't yeah but we're, we're hoping that geiger counters get better and they're eventually just on the new iphone and and so if somebody kicks over the rock and they're like oh man i i just got a radiation detection alert on my apple uh, uh contact lens and so maybe i should just roll that old boulder back there and move on mm. what if it's well, not human they're thinking like 10,000 years from now, I think 10,000 years from now or whatever, like what happens to civilization collapse and comes up again or whatever. And their idea is how do you talk to somebody in the far future who may have less technology than us? And say, well, number one is don't mark it. Don't well, put a big thing there and say, hey. I mean, also, it's like that. even that thought experiment is we're going to have bigger problems if society collapses and then reemerges. Yeah. Like there's just, there's got to be more things going on than whether or not we figured out like a, a poop emoji or a gigantic X is better for stay away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm on team. And I think emoji. the best answer is the one that people don't like is yeah. You just bury it and hide the fact that it was ever hidden there. Yeah. You know, you put up a couple signs that'll last maybe a thousand years or so to say like, Hey, yeah, this is nuclear waste within the lifespan of the English alphabet. But once those go away, then fine. You know, by the time they get to excavation, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. We should write. Maybe we we should write a book or documentary about it. We should we should record. We should record. Okay, here's what we do. We record the process of putting all of that junk down there in the earth, and then play that on a on a real time loop above the site, so they always see. Hey, we put something down here. Yeah. And you can see that you know we're yeah. being dangerous. We're being careful. Uh, oh, wait, wait, Bryce, start out to you. I think we have a representative for the Peruvian alien that was just uncovered in Mexico. Hello. 
I, I, I'm a little bit late. Uh, boy, the traffic around Mercury. Am I right? Oh wow! So you're True. you're you're uh, you're from outer space. Well, I I heard the word alien, and yeah. so that's well, of that's course, why, the yeah. big big international news as the bodies of yep. two aliens were shown yep. in Mexico. Uh, those 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 are my friends. Oh, what uh, were their names? T- Teddy and Edgar. Oh, uh, they, that's that's very nice. They they were a lovely couple. They oh, uh, really. Uh, when did they pass? Well. uh... You know, we measure time differently. Oh, this is in, great in space. Um, this is like arrival. Wow, this it, is like breaking news. Like, like mountain time. <laughs> well, it, it's a uh, we 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 measure time in geological eras. So yeah. uh, they died twenty minutes ago. Oh wow! Why do their uh, why do why do their skin look like paper mache? Well, uh, that is a practice of our religion. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So they were wrapped in paper mache after dying. No, what we do is we genetically modify our skins so that shortly after we die. Mm-hmm. It becomes looking like paper mache because, to be honest, a lot of people don't know this about aliens. We're a bit shy, a little bit shy. We don't want really? anybody confirming that we exist or existed. Mm-hmm. So, thanks when, again for being when, on our international podcast, by the way. Uh, when 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 we die, yeah, we turn into paper, paper mache. mache. Uh, some people use us; they fill our mouths with candy. And oh wow! We, we use their bodies so at birthday parties. Aliens were the original pinatas. Uh, well, I, I you know, I, I don't want to say cultural appropriation, but that would be one oh, way to put it. Oh, so uh, you say they 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 ripped you off? Other, so you, other and you get people, like current events out there too. Other people believe yeah. there are sects. My, in our, my my culture is not your costume. Uh, our universe that uh, believe that there's no higher perfect purpose than to have your body used as kindling. For uh, uh, an outing where people smoke pot and and eat mushrooms, so uh, as a result, that's also an alien thing. Well, I mean, uh, where do you think they came up with the ideas for all those posters? Jeff? Yeah, did, did you think you guys invented that? That's, did you guys also invent <laughs> invent crushed velvet posters <laughs> and black uh, lights? Okay, well, not to put too fine a point on it, but uh, uh, l- let me just say that. Maybe there's a reason you guys have an Elvis, uh, and it's because oh. we wanted you to eventually be able to have crushed velvet, black velvet Damn. Elvis pin, You've been guiding us this entire time. I, I, well, technically, I'm not supposed to admit to that. Yeah. But, Teddy, but who, who, would, who would be mad at you? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> what you think, you think there were only three of us? It was just Teddy, no, Edgar, and me? I assume I mean, there's more, no, but there's it sounds whole, like there's, there's a bit of a bureaucracy No, here. there's a whole civilization. Yeah. You think that that it's like accidental that that we're messing with you guys? No, no, no. I I'm I'm on I'm on the, the side. I, I just want to know where you are. Are you okay. a janitor? Okay. Are you the president? Like, how's uh, your career going? Okay, so look, uh, there's no direct English translation for the name of the program that is the most popular alien program ever. But the closest that I can come up with is Jackass. Okay, it's the number one program. Among all aliens. And you're the star? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Actually, you humans are the stars. We're the star. Yeah. So we're popular. We're, we're just sort of alien messing world. with There you. must be a language translation because that would imply that like we're the subject of like, belittlement or you're making fun of us or... Oh, yeah. No, that's that's the whole bit. I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, if you, if you humans knew how you looked... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh my god I'm, I, I'm on i'm on board with this, this is great. <laughs> if that was the actual thing that alien said is we've been watching you guys and we have been dying laughing like i'd be like you want to know what i'm like hopefully you guys have guns against other aliens because <laughs> we ain't never going away <laughs> you, you, you look space money is a real thing you think that we're sending all these these flying saucers down just uh, to entertain ourselves no the, there's nothing to study about you people they're just they're just running gun crews yeah, yes it's it's the first act of a of, of, of a 17 act structure that we have god you love to see it uh brian did you see the the the, the, the corpses i did uh what was uh, your reaction they look a little bit like paper mache mummies <laughs> <laughs> i like the face on this one he's 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 wincing at a joke that justin and i just made yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Also, maybe doing like an inappropriate racial impression. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what race is that? No, no, stop it. <laughs> you want to know what? Stop it. Venusian. No, stop it. I think we all know. We're going to stop it right there. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. I want to change the topic to something else that's ridiculous. Please so. do. <laughs> Remember... Uh, Remember when uh, they decided that, like, in order to get Sudafed, you know, you had to show your ID and, you know, yes. sign off a thing and all that? Because um, of the chemicals. There's chemicals in it. Well, and, and the problem, yeah. of course, is that uh, not everybody deserves equal um, uh, uh, equal treatment for allergies. There, there was a period in my 20s where I was very, very allergic and I was constantly on Sudafed and I had to be smart about rotating the Walgreens and CVSs that I went to because you could only sign out real Sudafed twice in a month. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would burn various different ones because I had to show my ID and they'd be like, oh, you've already bought two cases. Oh, wow. Do, do, do you guys I, remember I the advertisement where they're all like, uh, I forget which astronaut. It might have been Buzz Aldrin where he's all like, uh, uh, ain't no gravity in space. You need real allergy relief, Sudafed. <laughs> and it was like it was like oh. you couldn't drain in space, and that's why you uh, needed to buy Sudafed. It's because that's what the astronauts I, used. I I before because they had they switched. There was the stuff you could buy without having to share your ID and all that. And there was no limit on it. And there was like a year or two where I was using that, and that was when I call it my year of. Sinus infections. I kept getting sinus infections yeah. because I couldn't drain. Because, like, yeah, I got bad allergies, lived in Florida, and it just would continuously get these sinus infections. I'm like, I don't know what it's doing. Finally, I looked up, like, what is this stuff? And I went online. I'm like, I found out that the the, the, the replacement medication they put in there, uh, phenylephrine, I could, I was, there was only one study in, like, 1972 that it said it had any sort of utility, and it was, was like, applied, like, topically or directly. There was no data whatsoever to it was show a sugar that this pill. was useful. Yeah, and, and I'm like, I got sinus infections because of this. Like, I was, like, laid up because of this, because I couldn't drain, because I thought this stuff was. And I used to sort of joke, you know, like, like yeah, this is, this is a joke. Well, good news, guys. The FDA 16-member advisory panel finally voted yesterday that it is a useless, it's no better than placebo for treating congestion. This thing has been on the market for 20-plus years. Wow. And it was the FDA that made this decision where they put the other stuff behind there. Wow. And I went through watching this whole dark side of the ring thing about the wrestling trials, like when they went after the WWE for, like, steroids and stuff. And it's like, ah, oh, FDA is here to protect people. I'm like, 
where were you when I was getting sinus infections because you thought I was going to make meth? Well, you know, and that with, was, and that's, couple. that's, that's been the thing is, you know, for, for people who have traveled to Europe, there's always been this thing of like, Oh, you got to get British decongestants or like European decongestants. Cause the, the, those are the ones that actually work. Turns out I, I always thought that they were just better or they had like a higher percentage of it. No, Ours just literally didn't work. We well, went 20 it, years eating sugar pills and wondering why I'm still uh, draining. Even worse, the FDA was fighting a two-front war. Not only were they presenting a placebo as an actual Sudafed, uh, Sudafed being short for pseudoephedrine, yeah. but they also, in the 90s, fought the battle against actual ephedrine, like uh, the thing that was that the pill was supposed to fake. And yeah. uh, it's like... Uh, uh, I, I, do you work for for big pollen? Wait, what's going on? Yeah, right. What, what, what? this mother nature's it, this mother nature's lobbyist is uh, on point. <laughs> so to say, who who else might have an interest in making that economy? Big redwood, big sequoia, big yeah. Like just the effort that I had to go through to like, you know, to, they, they put you through to do that was just frustrating. And it's like, who are you protecting? Like, oh, people might turn it into meth. I don't care. And by the way. We sure stopped that. Yeah, you know, right. Like, oh, oh, you know. Oh, we have a thing called fentanyl. Oh, yeah, amazing, amazing. How you restrict one thing, the next thing it comes along is even more potent, more addictive, and harder to stop. Yeah, and it's like almost like there's some sort of pressure, some sort of economic incentive, some some, some form of inv- hand that you can't quite see yeah. that is yeah. affecting <laughs> things. An opaque paw of <laughs> sorts. An opaque paw <laughs> pushing over the trees. <laughs> So I, I, I talked to one of my one of my old school libertarian friends as a writer. I won't name him here. You probably wouldn't care if I said this because I, I said, like, I want to hear your point of view, though, on this. I'm like, what would you do about like because my argument is like problem is, is like we 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 when we I'm, I'm I'm very much do whatever the hell you want kind of person. But I am like I do see like in and even policies that makes it worse. And and, you know, I said, what would you do? And he's like, well, you just legalize really good cocaine. <laughs> You know, and everybody will just use that. Well, but, and um, uh, I, n- n- I don't want to dive too deep into it, but uh, we, we've talked on a few podcasts about how late later in my life I got diagnosed with what I thought, you know, eye-rollingly was an ADD diagnosis. And I'm like, whatever, I'll take your low-grade cocaine. But uh, the meds that I'm on are quite effective. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I think there actually might be something to that where it's like there's some amount of to function at a high level in today's society. Uh, I, I, at least for me, uh, 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 there's no denying that I take amphetamines every single day. <laughs> and it seems to keep me in a healthy relationship with my family, with my business partners and on, a, on these programs. So it, it, it's 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 a confusing uh, you know, after a lifetime of hearing warnings about this kind of stuff to just be all like, nope, this seems to work. Uh, I, I, it's weird. I mean, the idea is that, you know, you're working with a doctor to get your dosage in a, you know, it's not like you're being let loose on the open wilds of, of, yeah. of pills, uh, you know, like you're working with presumably in a, a professional who presumably has your interests in mind. And, and who notices if you're, you know, going through all of a bottle in a day or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, doctors, professionals. Your friend's cousin at a bachelor party, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah, I mean, the trusted people, the trusted people in our world. I, 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 I will say this: 
the the uh, number of people who I've met who have had experience with cocaine who when by profession the highest percentage of profession lawyers are pretty high the highest profession that i've known that people who did this a lot during the period of life doctors yes because oh, yeah. because That's they're all convinced that they know what they're doing uh, and, and, but, and uh, lawyers who's are gonna doctor that, the doctors well lawyers are convinced that they know the ramifications of on the negative side and of legally and doctors are convinced that they know that they're managing things correctly. I, I, I have encountered the same thing, Andrew. I would say uh, yeah. people in advertising and people who live in New York or Miami, <laughs> those, that's the highest percentage of cocaine users are people who live in New York and Miami. Well, LA, too, like, that was the thing. Like, yeah. you know, going from, you know, parties in Florida, like, do I smell somebody smoking weed somewhere? And then to an LA party and walking into a room and like, it was just... Normal. This is normal. And yeah. I'm like, how? Like, no, no, no shame. No, go into the bathroom and do it. Just people doing it. Like, this is not my scene. You know, like, I think, like, I think you I were know, also hanging out with in the corner. You were hanging out with richer people, too. <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's true. Uh, and then there was, uh, uh, a famous magician of which I will not name who we all love and know. And no big, big surprise there who, uh, could literally do meth in front of you and you never realized it. That yep. Was. Yeah. Yeah. That was Eric the Bass Salt. Amazing. Sniffer. And not James Randy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, okay. uh, wow. Uh, let's go on to picks. Um, g- give up. me a second on my pick. Uh, well, you know what? I'll, actually, I'll do my pick first. Um, okay, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is really good, y'all. Um, it, it brought me back to everything I loved about the original Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 tactical combat games. Uh, it switches from kind of a, a Diablo-esque running around and anything you can imagine you would do if you were actually playing Dungeons & Dragons, you could try to pull off. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to shoot an arrow at the top of the chandelier and it's going to fall and and damage these people or you can take your acid arrow and not actually shoot it at the enemy but instead set a trap by shooting it in front of them so that and then trick them into walking into it or you could split up and say i'm going to use my charisma to engage somebody in a conversation while the other guy just robs the store blind all of that is on the table um and then when it comes to combat combat it does that traditional turn-based strategy thing um and Oh, is it neat? It's it's a really gorgeous game. Uh, if if you love D and D and you've ever wondered what it would look like if a game was as good as D and D, yeah, I, th- I think you may have found it. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three is very very good. And this game has been in development for ever, ever. For a while. Right? And, and, like, and, it was it was a very very long development time. It has come out fully baked, which is not always what happens, especially with AAA games. But it was uh, in early access for a few years. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but I think that 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 shows it, it, you know, because everybody that I've talked to is obsessed with the game and it looks 10 out of 10, especially considering how versatile it is. Well, and uh, there, there was a bit of a controversy because uh, the previous two Baldur Gates, uh, Baldur's Gates were from Bioware. This one is the first one by, uh, oh, it starts with the Larian. Uh, Larian. Uh, uh, so, made so, other fantastic 
t- tabletop RPG games like the Divinity games and all. Right. So, but but certainly there's a bit of a stigma when a new uh, studio inherits a property and uh, they they have acquitted themselves quite well. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah. In my experience from the first, I don't know, three hours of what I'm told is 160 hours of gameplay. Yeah. That's a lot of hooch. Okay. Uh, I like the band Tenacious D. Okay. I do too. And on Audible, they have a series. I think this is in their, I think it's a podcast. So I think you could, if you just have the Audible app, you don't even necessarily have to be it, it, subscribed. I, I think I thought I was going to have to spend a credit. When and you I did told not. Me. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden it was just playing. And like, it's it, the first thing I'm listening to is about an hour and a half long. So yeah. And that's, that's all it is. It, 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 it's an hour and a half episode uh, of their series, words and music, which is uh, artists telling their story. Uh, but with original uh, performances and a lot of archival audio, uh, it's called the road to redemption. And it's exceptional, especially if you're a Tenacious D fan. And uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I just didn't know. I, I'd always kind of heard about the origins of Tenacious D, that they played this Largo show that was like a real hotbed for alternative comedy at the time. But this goes into a, a really a lot of the the initial connections that they made that I just sort of thought, you know, especially when I was, you know, in my late teens, obsessed with Tenacious D that it's just, Oh, well they're the D they're gigantic. Like, of course they're friends with all these famous people. And they are talking about like, yeah, we played, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, this one show and, and Dave Grohl's there. They have audio from that show. I think that was whiskey. A go, yeah, yeah. They're playing whiskey, a go, go on the sunset strip, uh, uh, how they ran into, um, all the people that they eventually cast in Pick of Destiny, how they, how sad they were about Pick of Destiny not doing as well as it as it could have, uh, the fact that the recurring Sasquatch character through not only their live shows but also their television show was inspired by uh, uh, John C. Riley, who was a fan of theirs from the very very beginning, just saying that he would go run around dressed as Sasquatch in Silver Lake, uh, Los Angeles, back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, which is just an amazing uh, moment you know, in history. Also a bold thing to do, knowing that everybody wants to bag a Sasquatch. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's great. The production's fantastic. Really, 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 really good. And if you're a Tenacious D fan, it is a must listen. There you go. Uh, the Road, road to, to Redonction. Redonction. Yeah. I don't know what that means yet, nor do I know if I ever will. But uh, uh, it's it's great. It's an hour and a half, and it does. Uh, I, I've only made it maybe twenty minutes in, but uh, boy, does it reek of honest and genuine friendliness between the two of them. You know, like I, I don't think KG even speaks for the first twenty minutes, which I, you you get the sense is their relationship. Yeah, like there's a lot of <laughs> chat talking and a lot of KG just kind of going, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Go get it. Uh, I've got a pick here. Uh, I think I've talked about this on Cord Killers recently, but uh, I've been watching this a lot because they put it on YouTube and it's very easy to watch. But I've been making my way through uh, the uh, well, the multinational show, the English show Taskmaster. Um, it's a panel show where they go and record a bunch of comedians being given little challenges and games inside of this studio house 
York area. Uh, and then, so they go and film all of these segments, and each season, it's always the same five contestants. So every week, they're, it's the same people getting, you know, points and in, in playing along. Uh, but then also, they watch back how everyone else did. Uh, it's been, you know, a few months since they actually shoot it to when they we actually watch the, the clip. So it's a lot, of, a lot of fun. The comedians are good. Um, and it's been on for, for a good long while. Um, uh, but despite that, they make it pretty easy to watch on YouTube. Uh, YouTube just, <laughs> they've got clips and compilations and a lot of full episodes. So uh, in terms of like, yeah. free, free to watch, uh, big one. What it's always fun, and and I get why it's your pick second week in a row, Bryce. I think you really was it my pick last week too. I no, I believe so. Yeah. How's it feel, Bryce? Yeah. How's it feel to not remember yeah. what you said last week? I've been watching it a lot. It's yeah. good. Oh no, I picked Finity last. I know. Week. I know. Oh no, I did I pick Fast last week. Ah! <laughs> I think I think about how many shows you got you do. It's fine. I, I think I think it, well, signaling against great. I think about how many shows you do where we do fall into. You know, Groundhog Day. I think, yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think I picked Hearthstone for six months. <laughs> so don't worry, you're nowhere near the record. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I will bring up picks I've had before, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the pick again. Do it. Uh, pick it. One thing led to another, where it started off with the curiosity about like the Superboy TV series that was shot in like you know the like the early, late '80s, early '90s in Orlando, which was. The, the whole history of the Orlando film production in that time period, I think, could make for an interesting documentary. Um, probably more watchable than most of the shows that were produced there during that time period. But, um, you know, you had Superboy, you had uh, Future Force or Strike Force, something. You had, remember uh, Hulk Hogan's show, Thunder in Paradise? Yep. You know, where they would use, like, the Disney, like, uh, Epcot parts for different going to different countries and stuff. But anyhow... I got in, started, went back to go watch the original Superman movies because I went and watched a bunch of different making of those. And one, you just realized that what, what a fine Christopher Reeves was. Christopher Reeves' performance of Superman, it is one of these things where uh, everybody to come after, I think some people have done some really neat things and have done some cool stuff with the role, but you just watch him in that and you feel like, that is Superman, and he's an amazing guy. Wait, wait, and we're, and we're, also, we're talking like, about the, the Richard Donner uh, first two movies that were shot at the same time, right? Well, remember, it was Richard Donner the first one, then Richard Lester reshot the second one, so he got credit for part two. Got it. It's a complicated production history because Donner did not get along with the Selkins, with the, the rights holders of that. And so Lester reshot part two, did enough to get credit in there, but... And you could tell there's some tonal differences, but there is some great there is some great humor. Like you remember, like Perry White was played by Jackie Cooper, one of the former Little Rascals, and his Perry White was just great. And just the pace when you go to the Daily Planet and the first one starts off with Jimmy Olsen using the camera, looking through the camera viewfinders that moves around. You get Lois Lane asking, like, you know, how many how many T's in bloodletting. You know, and this thing, and then she brings her, you know, her her article to parody is like, there's one P in rapist, and you just realize the kind of stuff that she's reporting on. It's just great, subtle stuff. But in two, there was, I laughed out loud because there's a joke that I've heard a thousand times. It was just funny because, you know, in the part two, it opens up in the Daily Planet, and Perry White tells Clark that, uh, uh, that the Eiffel Tower has, you know, has been taken over by terrorists. And, and Clark goes, that's terrible. And Perry White goes, yeah, that's why they're called terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a lot of beats like that. And you look at how, like, 
it's not just Chris Marie's performance of Clark Kent is so great. It's just literally everybody around him, like, yeah, Clark's this kind of klutzy guy from the farm. And just the, you know, like he's a little bit naive. He's this. And it just, you just, you look at some of the other movies, you realize, like, man, like they don't really get that dynamic. And, you know, some of them, it's just literally the difference between Superman and Clark Kent is just the glasses. Uh, sometimes, you know, anyhow, but. Uh, well, and and uh, what, 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 one of my favorite little nuggets on the production of that was that um, uh, they changed the part of his hair when he was Superman versus Clark Kent. Yeah. Is traditionally, if you want to portray a villain, you you part the hair uh, uh, from the person's right side to the left, whereas the hero you part from the left side to the right uh, to because you want your heroes to be essentially coded as right-handed, whereas your sinister weirdos are left-handed. Uh, and uh, uh, so many subtle things. And I love Perry White being kind of a proto-J.J. Jameson uh, before it became a total cartoon uh, in, in the Spider-Man yeah. movies. Um, so good. That that era is so amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, like the comedy beats in there, and his... his you know, and having Ned Beatty is sort of the foil, but like the beats they go, I'm like, this is really, yeah. The, a lot of people worked on a script, you know, like Mar- Mario Puzo worked on it. Other people worked on it. It was like, it was hard to know who really wrote which piece or whatever, but like the comedic bits in there were like, I've heard there was a massive rewrite of Puzo's version, but I don't know. But anyhow, some of the comedic bits, I go, this is, this timing is just, well, you and, know, and I, it's so interesting to see, where the tenor of comic book movies have gone because you're right you watch those donner move the, the the donner films and the way that they've been interpreted is kind of like by the iconography and you obviously see that in in the singer superman movie that came out that was like all about the flash of of and and the kind of memory the halo of the donner movies and not any of the things that actually this made is, them uh, fun. superman returns superman returns yeah. uh yeah. uh and, but like when you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, you know, this was a fun movie. You laughed a bunch, and and it's like, hey, uh, what is the most popular franchise of superhero movies? The Marvel ones. Guess what happens in every Marvel movie? A bunch of laughs, at least the good ones. Like like the characters you want to spend time with. You you are you are put into a world that is exciting and new. Uh, uh, that's shocking. Like look, uh, uh, they, they they were doing it in the Donner movies. Yeah, I, I, it, and, th- th- there's even the subtext of like they sell the fact that uh, Superman is a very good boy because if you had X-ray vision, what would you want to do? You would want to look under that dress. What does Superman want to do? He wants to look at her lungs to make sure she's healthy enough while she's smoking. It's uh, it's it's really remarkable. Then, then she asks him to look under the dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, what's in front of the lungs? Uh-oh. What, what color is my underwear? <laughs> you know, and it is. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I I think that movie, if you go back, I'm like, yeah, I think it hit, it's interesting too. Like, it's almost like in like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, I think before actually Superman shows up. It is a really long buildup, but I would say it's actually a pretty interesting compared to other movies. And the Singer movie I had, I liked the fact that he decided his movie was basically going to be Superman three, as if you know the the Superman three didn't happen. He he treated his or four like Superman three. Yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, just kidding. yeah, just just starting it right. Chuck, after chuck the timeline. Yeah, yeah, and the and then bringing in getting the, the the Marlon Brando footage, the score, and all that. But then it 
you know, every every bad Brian Singer instinct sort of took over and stuff. And I remember like Superman Returns was just how not fun, just not. Fun. No, it's boring. And yeah, I don't know. We can go into a whole. There's a lot of. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 that's that, how you really feel. Well, I mean, like <laughs> from 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 the director to the casting, there's there's a lot that hasn't aged well about Superman Returns. There's there's also some stuff online you can find out some behind the scenes stuff more about the Nick Cage Tim Burton Man of Steel, which our uh, Superman Reborn or Superman Lives whatever that was going to be, which that that uh, would have been just nuts, insane. Um, because it was basically like it, every bad idea, every idea, everything thrown in there, plus Nick Cage's Superman, which yeah. part of me wants to see it. Part of me is like, oh, maybe good we didn't. Yeah, the uh, Kevin Smith script, uh, the Tim Burton direction. Yeah. Oh, wow. But Smith, where John Peters kept coming in and like, yeah, Kevin Smith. Giant spider. This work. Yeah, well, John Peters says, you know, you know, you know what the most deadly animal on the planet is? He goes, what's that? Spiders. We got to have a spider. And like a few weeks later, you know, the polar bear is the most deadly animal on the planet. <laughs> we got to have polar bears. <laughs> um, gentlemen, it's been super weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.